This is Ibarian X, and this is The Candid Frame. Like so many photographers, I grew up relatively shy. I was rarely the one to jumpstart a conversation or to win over people with charm and jokes. And that kind of awkwardness can be pretty difficult to overcome. And a stutter like I used to have, or, or just a language difference, can make it all the more difficult. But it's amazing how the presence of a camera allows you and me to often overcome that shyness. The excuse of making pictures opens doors that we might never consider passing through. I think that's been the case with photographer Nico Ferran, who was born in France and now lives and works in the United States. He began doing studio work because it was easier to work with subjects that you didn't need to talk to and give instructions to, but eventually his passion for people and movement spurred him to move past any such awkwardness. The result is a body of work that is beautiful, intimate, and revealing. That passion took him to Senegal to photograph a community of wrestlers. Despite never having been in the country, he was determined to travel there and make it happen. He did his research and made a valuable connection that allowed him entry into a visually rich world. So I reached out to a journalist. His name is Ibrahima, and he's the owner of a website called Lut TV. It's a big website about wrestling in, uh, in Senegal. And so we chatted and he connected me with this guy. Uh, his name is Big Pato. Uh, that's his like wrestling name. He's a um, great guy. He's from. Um, he lives in Dakar and uh, he's a policeman and also a Senegal Senegalese wrestler. And he mixes the two together a lot, meaning that he uses the wrestling as like a platform to promote the social initiatives that he does with the police, and then does the same thing with the police, like try to promote wrestling within the police department because in Senegal, as I learned, sports is very, very important in like the police uh, department. For another project, documenting a group of young African-American dancers in Compton, Nico brought his sensitive eye to movement and community. Well, if, first of all, if you, if you go just uh, one day and shoot, you can make beautiful images, but maybe these images won't reflect who the people are because you don't really know them. Or you have preconceived ideas, like you said, about Compton, that what we saw, what we see in about Compton is usually rough. And I didn't want to show any of this because, first of all, who am I to have a point of view on a community? Me, little French person. And... Second of all, it's not what I see when I'm there. When I'm there, I'm like, see a group of young, beautiful women spending time together, working very hard towards something they love, dancing, and being a big pillar of their community. But he did more than just capture beautiful snapshots. He wanted to reveal the unexplored facets of these girls' lives in a community full of challenges. We'll talk to Nico about why he photographs subjects who play sports, but his images are more about movement and relationship than the games these people play. Welcome to The Candid Frame. Um, well, Nico, 
Welcome to The Candid Frame. I'm, I'm glad to have a chance to talk with you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, I discovered your work, and I really just liked not only visually what you do as, as a photographer, but the, the storytelling that goes along with your, your imagery. And I, I wanted to, to talk a lot about the importance of, of, of personal projects, because I think a lot of uh, for people who, for, who aspire to do both editorial and commercial work um, so much is is talked about with respect to that, and you, and you've produced some interesting bodies of work. You're originally from France, from Bordeaux, and yes. uh, you've been living in the in the states for a while, for ten years. Yes. Yeah. So you you went to Santa Monica City College, which has uh, has a reputation for having an excellent photo program, especially for a city college. Yes. Uh, awesome teachers. Awesome program with a lot of. Uh, you can learn a lot of of the technical background that you need for your photography. That's, that's what I did the first few years. I didn't know what photography was, and I learned like all this very technical aspect of photography, which gave me kind of like a base to then explore more my personal feelings about the world today. I, I was seeing some work from, I guess, several years ago, which I didn't see reflected currently on your website, but there was a lot of studio work. Um, was that your initial foray into into photography? Yeah, um, my English was very bad, and I could not uh, express exactly what I wanted to my subject. So I did studio. <laughs> the things did not talk, uh, but <laughs> okay. but in a sense, in a way, it kind of reflects who who I am because what I was interested in these image, these still life images, were like the idea behind it. Everything had like a pretty strong concept, and I liked the concept and the idea almost more than the images. Can you, can you give me an example of, of an idea between you know, um, a still life that you, that you created? Uh, so there is one with like there is a, a big pill, like a prescription pill, and then there is a, a bill, a $100 bill in it. Uh-huh, and right. I was like, oh, you know, uh, healthcare is extremely expensive and everything. So like, this translated into an image, kind of like to, I guess, maybe denounce this, this program. So you said that you were hesitant right, about approaching human subjects, but that is what I see primarily on your website now. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's really amazing, the, the work that you've done and... And the fact that you uh, have gained entree into a, a variety of different communities. Which was the first one that you did where you finally felt that you could communicate with your subjects and, and not allow any challenges that you had with speaking English to deter you from making those kinds of photographs? I don't know which particular uh, project it, it was, but like... You know, it's been like a couple of years and I was shooting still life a lot. And then uh, I wasn't very happy because it was not reflected who I was. I grew up on the beach in France uh, surfing. So still life and studio environment was not really uh, my environment. So I started like exploring and go shooting more and more things that was interesting to me. And so by, by that time... Uh, I speak com- English, and so I was comfortable talking to people. It's just so it just came gradually, kind of with my like improved English. 
you know, the one that uh, that really piqued my interest was the first one that I discovered was of the the wrestlers and the fighters in Senegal. Mm-hmm. Those images are very, very beautiful and beautiful. And you actually went to Senegal in order to create those mm-hmm. those photographs. That was earlier um, this year. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about how you discovered their, the story about them and what in, impressed you enough to buy, purchase a plane ticket and fly to Senegal to make these photographs. Uh, I was in a I was in Paris photo uh, two years ago, and I saw a, a, an image of uh, a big image on the wall of um, this like very dark uh, and beautiful like body. Like the light was glowing, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is it?" So I, you know, I keep um, I keep a little book with ideas in it, and I wrote it mm-hmm. down, did some research, and I found the this subject very interesting and very beautiful. And so I decided to go uh, there and uh, try to shoot this little story. Well, one of the challenges about you know any sort of photo story is getting access, and you didn't know anyone. N- uh, no, but I always do like research, like try to contact local actors of the community I want to I want to photograph or want to primarily what community I want to spend time with. Uh, then photograph comes after. It's more like, you know, you spend time with the people. You learn a little bit about them, then learn a little bit about you. Then everybody's comfortable and we take some pictures. So who, who was the gatekeeper? Who was the person that opened the door for you to be able to photograph that community? So I reached out to a journalist. His name is Ibrahima. And he's the owner of a website called Lute TV. Uh, it's a big website about wrestling in uh, in Senegal, and so we chatted, and he connected me with this guy. Uh, his name is Big Pato. Uh, that's his like wrestling name. He's a um, great guy. He's from. Um, he lives in Dakar, and uh, he's a policeman and also a Senegal Senegalese wrestler. And he mixes the two together a lot, meaning that he uses the wrestling as like a platform to promote the social initiatives that it does with the police and then does the same mm. thing with the police like try to promote wrestling within the police department because in Senegal as I learned sports uh, is very very important in like the police uh, department like for example they have a football team soccer team and it's one of the best in the nation so Tell me about that the dialogue that you had with with him. Did you share images that you had created previously? How long did you dialogue with Bato before you were finally able to gain entrance to 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 the world so you could photograph? I think just spent like two or three days. We spent like a total of like maybe five days together, and I didn't show pictures. We know we just stopped. Um, you know, generally people are eager to to show what they, to show what they do. Mm-hmm. Like everybody likes to show other people what they do, and that's exactly what happened here. He wanted to show me his life, and I show me uh, what he what he did, and something he was passionate about. So you actually spent several days with him without shooting any photographs. No, I always had my camera with me, but you know, it's more like I don't know. Like we have, we drove every like he, he drove me everywhere. We. Mm-hmm. We went to his work at the police station. He had even he even had um, a doctor appointment, and I went with him. Then we had like dinner and uh, lunch with his family, 
and then we went and see the training on the beach of the wrestler. So it was like a, you know, like a full day, just spending time with your friend. And were you writing down notes of different things that you thought you might want to photograph, or you're already sort of formulating what you wanted to document? Did not take notes, but um, certainly spending time with him, um, I was like, okay, this is like this. That's what I like. That's what I want to show. That's how I want to tell the story. And because uh, I spent uh, a lot of time with uh, Big Pato, that is my friend now, uh, I feel like the, the story needs to go more around. It's about wrestling, but to me, it's more about him. Hmm. It's not very about how I gained access to it. It's more like this person was very nice and showed me what he loved and, um, and I just um, shot what he loved. That's it. How long did you, did you spend with him in, in that community? In a week or 10 days, something like that. Oh, okay. The, the, you know, the, the, the images are, all your images are really interesting because it strikes me that a lot of them focus on sports, but I wouldn't really describe you as being a sports photographer. Uh, it just seems that that's sort of an area of interest, but it seems to be much more about uh, the people, the community, the relationships. Is that an accurate re- reflection? Yeah, I like movement. I find, uh, I find, it, I find it movement easier in sports. Uh, and also, I feel like in sports, people are often passionate, so expressions are often bigger. And uh, so that's why I'm drawn towards sports, but you're right, it's not my... I won't describe myself as a sport photographer. Uh, mm. It's just, well, yeah. What skills and experiences that you developed from shooting in the studio helped you when it came time to create you know, the bodies of work that, that are on your website now that are focused primarily on, on motion? This is a good question. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, probably, like, you know, just the technical aspect of Digital photography, I guess, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. No, I don't know. Yeah, because it's it's really interesting because it seems like to, to my eye that even though it is about motion and it is about the athleticism, that there is a real keen eye that you have towards line and shape mm-hmm. that I think connects to what I'm was seeing from the the earlier still life work. Mm-hmm. There's a simplicity to your frames that I saw with the still life that I see to a great extent happening when you are doing, you know, the, the photographs of the people in, you know, whether it's, um, you know, wrestling or, or arm wrestling or whatever it is that you're photographing. It seems that line and shape seem to pervade everything that you, you do. Is that something that you see in your work? Yeah, definitely try to, definitely try to find simple and minimal frames to portray the stories I want to, I want to, I want to show. Um, I don't know if it's from the still life work. Maybe it's more like, I don't know if it's from the still life because I, I shot still life only for, for a few years and I was not, and I did not. And today I did not consider myself as like a photographer at that point. I was just probably just exploring 
something. I mean, like, you know, like what I do today is completely different from the still life and studio stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today the technical aspect of the photography gets more in my way of what I want to tell as a story than anything else. Tell me about the project that you did on the girls in, in Compton. How did you discover uh, about this, this group of young women in, in that city? So I saw something, I don't remember exactly, it was uh, two, three, it was more than two years ago. I, I saw something on a newspaper, something, and I, like I, I took note of it and I contacted them. I contacted uh, Coach Kelly. Coach Kelly is the founder and director of the, the dance troupe, and she... She was like, yeah, sure, come to one analog practice and uh, like we can see what we can do. We can like take some pictures and everything. So that's what I did. Uh, we went, uh, I went and it's been more than two years. And since then I go like a couple of times a month. Every time they need me, I'm here uh, for them. And uh, yeah, that's the story the, of this series. It's been two years and it's an ongoing project. Um, I won't stop. Until, like, I, there's no deadline. I, uh, I live in LA, they are right down the street in LA too, so we're just friends and taking pictures. Uh, it's, it's, a be- it's beautiful work, and I, I really love seeing an aspect of Compton that you don't typically see or hear about. Um, yeah. Compton is, is, you know, often seen in a negative light, and especially to the people in that, in that community. And I think that you turn the lens on a way that you really show the beauty of the people, the activity, the, the aspirations that they have. Uh, it's really sort of beautiful, um, beautiful work that you're doing. Uh, you. But I, I want to get back to that initial contact because th- there's, there's something that can happen when you say, hey, can I come and photograph some, photograph whatever's happening? And they, like in this case, they say, oh, come and take some pictures at a practice. And there's sort of a disconnect that a lot of people have because it's one thing to take a couple of snapshots and, you know, and, and as compared to what you're doing, which is really an in-depth exploration, a sort of documentary photography approach to documenting these people's lives. Talk to, talk to me about being able to communicate that, that you just, you didn't, how you sort of, express to them that this was more than you just making a couple of shots during their practice. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, first of all, if you, if you, if you go just uh, one day and shoot, you can make beautiful images, but maybe these images won't reflect who the people are because you don't really know them. Or you have mm-hmm. preconceived ideas, like you said, about Compton, that what we saw, what we see in, about Compton is usually rough and I didn't want to show any of this because, first of all, who am I to have a point of view on a community, uh, me, little French person? And <laughs> second of all, it's not what I see when I'm there. When I'm there, I'm like, see a group of young, beautiful women spending time together, working very hard towards something they love, dancing, and being a big pillar of their community. Uh, this platform is not just, oh, they go dancing. It's like somewhere they spend time and grow and they have a great leader, like I said, um, 
Coach Kelly is there to guide them through life. And I feel like this, you can find it everywhere in the world. Add the same thing in a different setting in France, in my tiny village in a surf club. Um, mm. It's just what I saw. I just saw this. Um, and to go back to the second part of the question, we, like when I want to work with people, it's, it's never about me. It's about them. And um, it's more like a collaboration. Like I want, I want them to be happy. I want me to be happy. So we have to work together to find an happy medium. Uh, I will never show something that someone would not be happy with because it's, it's, it's not, I, I would have failed in my mission if I created something yeah. that the people in it are not happy with. And the fact that you kept returning over and over again, I think established something about your commitment to not only your own photography, but to documenting their community. I think that goes a long way rather than someone who comes in and just photographs for a couple of hours and they and never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love, I love going there, uh, spending time. It's, right, it's like, 30 minutes down my street. Uh, I just love being with them. It's, they're my, like, my friends. Like, they dance like crazy. It's amazing athletes. And they put a great show. And uh, it's awesome. I just love going there. But there's so much more that you're, you're capturing. You're not just uh, capturing you know, th- them performing. You have a series of portraits of them. You have, you have moments that are sort of like the in-between moments. Uh, for, for you, when you're, when you're photographing them and, and, you're, and you're, like you said, you're doing it over two years, how does the idea evolve and change when you are repeatedly visiting a group of people over time? How does your sense of what you're trying to do evolve? Uh, yeah, the, well, you know, it's like a, I guess, since I'm French, I'm going to use some cliche thing here. It's like a good wine with time. You refine things. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same. The same thing here. We uh, spend a long time to took a lot of pictures, and with time, well, my vision got refined, and I found more like a path of what I liked and what I felt represent mm-hmm. them before. Like I, I um, this. These images are being, uh, I showed these images to people only like the past few months. Before that, I didn't show it to anyone. It was just not mature enough and not clear enough. I feel like today yeah. it's clearer. And I know because I know I have this, all these pictures. I know today when I go shoot, I know where to focus more. I'm less distracted by other things. I still explore a lot um, while taking pictures, but... Um, I know more the, the, the vision for this project. And what's, and what's the idea? Because earlier we were talking about your, you, what appealed to you was the idea of, of the project. What's the idea here? What's, what's the narrative? Or what's the spine on which this body of work is built? It's about, it's about the girls. It's about them. Uh, it's about their life and how they are beautiful but also the the moments i feel like i'm capturing and showing is moments that we all we all had and we'll all have every day you know it's i always think i always 
say, you know, when you drive somewhere mm-hmm. and you see something like, and you turn like this, like very quickly and, you know, it was just a flash in your head of something. You're like, oh, what is it? Like you just, and I feel like this is the same thing that's celebrating uh, them with like fragment of life that we all are um, accustomed to or like yeah. familiar with. I had a great time visiting Scott Kelby in Florida this past week. Scott is a wonderful host, and it was a real pleasure to talk about street photography, the new book, and the candid frame on on the grid. If you missed it, you can still watch it by visiting the Kelby One channel on YouTube. I'll have a link for it in the show notes, and there's a post on the candid frame blog where you can conveniently stream it. If you liked it, write a comment and let them know what you think, because I really would love to come back. And remember, we still need your support in in our effort to reach 100 new Patreon supporters. We are so close to to reaching that goal, and we could really do with your help. So become a Patreon supporter and commit to a reoccurring donation of $5 or more a month. Sign up today by visiting patreon.com forward slash The Candid Frame, or click on the link in the show notes or The Candid Frame website. Thanks, and back to the show. What's what's really great about the project is that you go beyond them simply performing. You visit them, like at their homes. There's some pictures of you know some girls working on a car. There's people you know people in there just hanging out in the neighborhood. You really sort of explore who these girls are in in a variety of different um, in different ways. You you make them you make them human in a way that is often especially when it comes to young girls of color, isn't really prevalent and, and, and showcased in, 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 in much, in much, at least in a in sort of a positive way. Um, gaining access from the coach was one thing in terms of the practices, but talk, talk to me about, you know, being this guy who all of a sudden shows up in the neighborhood with a camera wanting to f- photograph the more intimate and personal parts of their lives. Especially with respect to their families, who kind of, who I'm sure, no doubt wondered who the heck you were and what <laughs> and what you were up to. Yeah, well, it took time, but I'm not I'm not very uh, intimidating. I think mm-hmm. um, I'm not very tall, um, and I'm not I'm not intimidating. And um, I think um, for sure being uh, being French and having a strong accent probably helped me too. <laughs> I would say. But it's true. I mean, I'm more like, uh, I don't know, I'm, makes me, I'm more like, I don't know. I, I, so, yeah, probably having an accent. But like I said, like it, it's just like being a, no, a nice and normal person. Uh, you know, like I'm go- I went to, to a lot of social events and I was not just like here taking pictures uh, all the time with my camera. Um, if someone needs help moving a, a chair or a table, I was here to move the chair or the table. Uh, it's it's not just here taking the pictures all day. It's just hanging out. So as as we said before, even though you photograph a lot of athleticism, you're not necessarily a sports photographer. So how talk to me about 
you know, the process of sort of marketing yourself as as a photographer because you have a lot of these 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 personal projects that ref- reflect on a variety of different athleticism. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your, your thought process in terms of, one, the kind of pictures that you decide to put on your website and the kind of work that you pursue and, and get as a result of the work that you, you show on your site. I decided a couple years, two years ago to show things that I loved and was reflecting who I was. Like, Maybe when I was in school or like after school for a while, people were more like, oh, you got to show this to get this job. Or like, mm-hmm. you got to shoot this. Like, for example, right after school, I was like, I had this idea of like, if I don't shoot still life on a white background, I won't get a job. Yeah. <laughs> and this bug, like I, I was putting in a box for a long time, like, I got to do this to get jobs. and blah, blah. But first of all, I don't think today it's, true adult anymore maybe he was when photography was like reserved to uh, kind of like a technical elite today you don't need to know anything about the technical aspect of photography to be a great photographer uh, which is good uh, it opens the door to highly creative people and it opens the door to people creating beautiful imagery uh, which pushes the, the medium very uh, high and it's very good and so, so I decided to shoot, to show and shoot things that I only liked, that I'm only passionate about. You got a gig um, for that you did for Xerox, and the person who contacted you was impressed about your your personal work. Um, what was the body of work that, that that person saw, and what, and how did that translate to the work that you did for Xerox? Where did you get that? I, I do my research. So the, Z, the Xerox uh, gig was um, from uh, one of my friends, uh, Kaya Eming, which is a very awesome art producer. She, I met her six years ago, I think, on a, on a shoot when I was assisting. Mm-hmm. And we went, I was working for the photographer Mark Katzman. Do you know Mark Katzman? Yeah, I'm familiar with him, yeah. You know, awesome photographer from the Midwest and also very passionate about um, uh, photographers and the history of of photography. Uh, And so I worked a lot with him. Uh, We are very good friends. I consider him kind of like my mentor. Like, I respect him. I respect his work and what he does uh, with photography. So he's very important. So I was on a job with him uh, in in Alaska and... um, Hawaii for like two weeks, super cool job. And Kaya was producing the, the, the job. And so I met her here and we, we kept in touch and we had a, we're like friendly. Uh, she's a, she's a very good friend. We have some, a good relationship and she uh, contacted me and asked me if I wanted to shoot this uh, job last year. That's kind of the story. And tell me about the, the job. Cause they, when you're doing a commercial job, you know, you're, you're oftentimes having to, great pictures based on the needs of the client and they have a, a very clear sort of maybe a, a idea of what they want in terms of visual but as as a photographer you are trying to bring your own style your own sensibility to it um how do you sort of how did 
your the work, the style, the approach that I'm seeing in your site translate to the work that you did for them? Well, it's a, it, it was a, it was to shoot a natural portraits of uh, this writer uh, in France, and so I I just um, do what I usually do: just be comfortable, make people comfortable, and uh, and we just we had a little time so we just spend a little like uh, a little bit of time together and we just took some pictures uh, some portraits which is the way that you prefer to work it seems yeah, yeah very naturally not not a lot of things are on me uh, and more like kind of more truth maybe more relaxed too well you know that go back that goes back to the, what we talked about earlier about you know how initially when you thought you had to create certain pictures like against a white backdrop in order to get the job, you know, which mm-hmm. probably resulted in you making, having a photographic experience that was less than pleasurable, you know? Yeah. At the, at the beginning, I, 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 I didn't like. Yes. But, it, but you speak to this whole idea of, you know, not only create the work that you're passionate about, but that's the work that you put out there you, that you eventually find people who like the work like your approach and then you get to shoot the way that you like as opposed to having to sort of you know uh, compromise yourself in any variety of ways just for for a gig and it seems like you're, you're succeeding with respect to you know the at least in this in this particular case um, doing commercial work that is completely in line with the way you see and shoot yeah and but you gotta also don't forget that at the end of the day you get influenced by what you want to do also, mm-hmm. but what you want to do, the people who want to hire you also get influenced by you. So it's, it's, a, it's a two-way thing. It's not just, I decided, me, Nico, that I want to shoot like this, I'm going to shoot like this. No, I get influenced by what I like, what I want to do, uh, and the opposite is true too. The, hopefully, the, uh, the people that want to hire me are... Uh, get influenced by what I do. Um, so it's a, it's a two-way uh, street. It's not just one way, I think. Mm-hmm. With, with the many stories that I see on your site, you described a way of you, you, you f- discover something about them in a newspaper or, or whatever, and then you just start sending out an email and reach out. And because yeah. you have people there, you've done arm wrestling, you've done sumo wrestlers, you've done a, a great, there's a quite a diversity of, of subject matters. And, and that's really cool to see. But I think one of the things that I know that I'll, probably a lot of my listeners are curious about is, you know, just gaining the access. And it seems like, you, you know, you just, it's, there's no secret to it. It's, you just reach out, explain who you are and what you want to do. And, and you sort of just take it from there. Yeah, 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 definitely. You got to be honest. You know, don't take advantage of people. Like it's a collaboration. It's never like it's never just you. It's everybody. Yeah. Uh, who can gain what for who? It's just like no. I always like give images. I never keep them for me. If someone wants a print, I just go do a print. And if they need me for something else, I'm here to do something else. Also, um, it's just a an exchange of good, uh, an exchange. Have, have you had a, a situation where you really had to like work hard to gain access? I mean, the, the, the ones we've talked about so far seemed, it was fairly easy, but were, was there one that was particularly it, challenging? It's, it's always hard. It, it's not hard, it's always work. 
And uh, work at the beginning is hard, and uh, at the end it becomes easier. It's just it's 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 just work. Like to go to when I went to Senegal, I just I did not just go there and like find someone. Like the two months, three months earlier, I tried to reach out. Some contacts fell through, mm, uh, okay. and then one came up. But like for a few weeks, I was like, oh, this one does not work. This one easier. So oh, this one works. Let's go explore this way. So it's, it's always a, a little bit of work. Yeah. Per, but persistence is really key there. Yeah. Persistence. Yeah. yeah. Like the sumo wrestler. Uh-huh. I had um, a dinner with an English journalist uh, in Tokyo. And he lived in Tokyo for 30 years. And so he... And he, he will write about um, uh, the sumo wrestling uh, for Tokyo Time, for the newspaper. So I went to dinner with him in April. And like we talked and then he said, oh, we're going to go, let's go. And we go and then did not work out. And then we went a second time, did not work out. And then I had to leave, came back in LA. And in December, I went back and um, I went like, four times or something like this and like the fifth and sixth time worked out. So it was just persistence. Wow. And, and being connected, I mean, going out there and, and, and having relationships, not just with other photographers, but, you know, in this case, a writer and other, other creatives is, I think, uh, a great way to find out and gain access in ways that you wouldn't be able to do otherwise. Oh yeah, definitely. It's a collaboration. Uh, you, you cannot do anything on your own. I always try to work with more people. Yeah. And in a sense, it elevates your work too. The more you surround yourself with uh, good people, the more your work gets elevated. Do you usually just work solo or, or do, um, do you sometimes in, say, the commercial gigs, solicit the involvement of a producer and assistant? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. For commercial all, all the time. And, and how do you, have you built a network of people with, that you rely on for, for that, for your commercial work? Or? Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like commercial work is not just the photographer. It's more about the team and the people who you work with. So how, how have you found that you have found the people that you work with? Has it been as a result of as you mentioned before, working as an assistant for, for the photographer that you made connections there, or is it through you know, uh, your own efforts to, to make connections and, and procure your team? Oh, yeah, definitely, yes. The, uh, when I assisted, when I assisted for a long time, from school to up to two years ago, so uh, it was like five or six years of assisting, and so that's where you, you know, you learn about the industry and uh, you learn how the whole thing works. And that's, I made connection during that time for sure. Uh, yes, definitely during that time. Well, my last question that I ask each guest is I ask them to recommend another photographer for our listeners to discover and explore. And it can be anyone, someone you've long admired or someone you've recently discovered. So who would that one photographer be and why? You know what? I'm, um, I'm going to say, like, I, I talked about Mark Katzman. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Mark Katzman for his work, yes, but also for uh, what he contributes, I think, to the photography, the, what's the photography. Like, you know, I talked about photography earlier. Yeah. 
he's, uh, he's an expert in this, in this field and he has worked for three years uh, on this. And I think it'd be very interesting to talk to him about uh, photography, which is kind of like the first imagery ever. So that's like kind of the foundation of our field here. So I think it would be interesting to talk to him and like learn about his passion. Well, Miko, thanks for your for your sharing that recommendation and for your time and for your great work. And uh, thank you for thank you for contacting me. I never thought that ever someone would contact me to talk to them about my work or anything. So uh, I appreciate it. Um, thank you very much. Thanks to Nico for sharing his time and story with us. You can find out more about him and his work by visiting his website at nicotherin.com. And I'll be in Washington, D.C. in May and early June for the Focus on the Story Photographic Conference. The International Photo Festival will feature some of the world's best photojournalists and documentary photographers, as well as talks, photo walks, and workshops, of which I am teaching one. If you want to sign up for my workshop or just want to find out more about the event, visit FocusOnTheStory.org. And remember to check out my YouTube channel where I discuss different aspects of photography by pulling images from listeners like you who contribute to the Candid Frame Flickr Pool. You can check out the TCF Flickr Pool and our YouTube channel by clicking on the link in the show notes and the website. My new book, Making Photographs, Developing a Personal Visual Workflow, is now available. In it, I translate how to see and use light and shadow, line and shape, color, and gesture to make great photographs. It's more than how to make a good picture, but how you can develop a personal and intimate way of seeing and documenting the world around you. You can order the book today. When you place your order from the Rocky Nook website, use the promo code PORELLO40 to receive 40% off the list price. Check out the website and the show notes for the link. And if you want to keep up with all things Candid Frame, sign up for the mailing list and you'll receive three free copies of my previously published ebooks. And if you like what you've been hearing on the show, please take the time to write a review in the iTunes store as it helps our ranking and creates greater awareness of the show. Thanks to Hillary J. Sesno and Focus Among Us in the U.S. for their five-star reviews. You can also support the show by making a monthly contribution through Patreon, or you can make a one-time contribution via PayPal. You'll find links for both in the show notes and the website. Thanks to Tony Kushner, Michael Nozick, Travis Posey, and Bob Brandt for their recent contributions. I can't thank you enough. And if you want to easily access every episode of The Candid Frame, download The Candid Frame app. It's available for Apple iOS and Android, and it's free. Download it today. You'll find it where everything else is in the show notes or the website at thecandidframe.com. The Candid Frame's audio engineer is Martin Taylor, who you can find at theothermartintaylor.com. The show's senior producer is Cynthia Parker, and our music is from Kevin McLeod, whose royalty-free music can be found at incompetech.com. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simply at IbarianX. And this is IbarianX, and this is The Candid Frame.